Hey guys, this is Anna. So before we get today, get on with the show today, let's hear from our sponsor. Hey guys, this is the Ramblings of a Transgender Christian. I am your host, Anna Hudak. So today we are going to be discussing this new article by, well, okay, but even by the time I'm actually recording this, um, it's not really new. It's been out for probably about a week now, but by the time you're listening to this, it's probably been out for, what, like two weeks or more, um... Oh God, actually, it'd been out, be out for almost a month by the time you heard this. Wow, this went out longer than I thought it was. But, yeah, so by the time you're listening to this, this will have been out for almost a month. But, whatever. I think it's still an article worth talking about. Um, I am be straight up, I disagree with a lot of, like, the minor points made in this. Um... Um, you know, despite being a Christian who is progressive, I do not consider myself a progressive Christian. I believe that there is a difference between progressive Christi per, between being a progressive Christian or progressive Christianity and being a progressive who is a Christian. Um, let's see. I think there is a big difference. Um, I am a progressive who is a Christian, not a progressive Christian. Um, and I think you'll kind of maybe under try to hopefully kind of understand some of the differences as this article goes on because I am going to disagree with a few pretty major things, um, have some pretty major uh, disagreements over some smaller, over some stuff. But it's the broader arc of this article that I agree with and that I feel like really should be shared. It should be, I think that we can all agree on. Hopefully. And I do agree with the broader point. Uh, even if I disagree with many of the smaller things that she says. You know, like, I agree with the macro, but not the micro. Is, I guess, the best way to put it. Anyway. Um, so, anyway, this is from The Dirtbag Christian. Um, and, of course, you can find a, a link to the article in the description or on the YouTube or in the show notes. Um, you know, depending on whether you're listening or watching. Um, and the article is titled, There's Still Value in Forgiveness and Redemption. So let's get started. If you were raised in a Christian household with evangelical leanings, as I was, and me, your host, Santa Hudak, I was definitely raised in an evangelical household, um, you probably learned that you are a dirty sinner and so is everyone else and that only Jesus' death on the cross could save you from hellfire. I no longer believe in this theology and in hindsight I find it strange that any religion, including mine, would immediately choose to, cho choose to teach children that they are products of evil right off the bat and that they will be subjected to hellfire should they not repeat certain words, a sinner's prayer, in my former denomination, baptism and other similar verbal conversation in others, and have enough faith and listen obediently to every word of the American English Bible of hundreds of thousands of translations over a period of 2,000 years, all for a quote-unquote loving God. I can be honest, this is probably the first, one of the first things I disagree with. Um, I don't think that's strange. Um, I, do, I think that it's actually loving to tell your children that, to be honest, because um, and we're going to even get into this later. Um, I do strongly believe in hell. It's something that no matter how I look at it, 
I cannot convince myself that there isn't a hell. I think the Bible is way too clear on this. Um, and to be honest, I do really think that it is revisionism to claim that the Bible is not, uh, does not believe, does not teach in a hell. Um, I believe that, though I don't think that there's this thing called hellfire, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, yes, there is the lake of fire, but I think that's something different than hell. Um, I think that hell is simply just a eternal separation from God. I don't think, I, I, I literally think that it's probably you just there by yourself, completely alone. I don't think there are demons torturing you. I don't think there's this hellfire. I think that um, this is literally you with your destructive thoughts um, sinking further and further into um, self-loathing, blaming others, but mostly blaming others, uh, blaming everyone else for everything. Um, but yeah, I strongly believe in hell. I I just, there's, whenever I read the Bible, and I've, I've studied this so many times, because I want to believe that there's not a hell, but I'm sorry. You know, no matter how many podcasts I listen to, where people try to explain why there's no hell, no matter how many times I study the Bible, no matter how many times people try to explain to me why they don't believe that there is one, I just can't go along with it. I'm sorry. And that's one of the reasons why I am a progressive who is a Christian, not a progressive Christian. You know? Um, because progressive Christianity pretty much, uh, pretty clearly, you know, re removes hell from the equation. And many progressive Christians also straight up uh, deny that Jesus was a human, was actually real, uh, that there was a death. Um, so, I mean, now, not all do, but many believe that. And I strongly would disagree with that to the point of considering that heresy. Um, you know, like John Shelby Strong, who, didn't he just die recently or something like that? I could be wrong. Um, to be honest, I strongly believe that man was a heretic because of his uh, beliefs on Jesus. Uh, but that's besides the point. Um you know, so I, uh, I, yeah, this is one of the ways, reasons why I'm a Christian who is a progressive, but not a progressive Christian, because I do strongly believe in hell, I strongly believe um, in a literal Jesus who literally died and rose again three days later, and, um, uh, uh, god damn, what is it going to say next, um, I don't remember what I was going to say next. Oh, yeah, and I do believe that it is that there's nothing that makes God unloving about that. Like, people say that God sending people to hell is unloving or that just the existence of a hell is unloving. I don't see it that way at all. I really cannot understand where on earth anyone gets that from. My problem, the reason I don't want to believe in hell is just because it, it is a horrible fate. Um, it's one that I... I wouldn't want anyone subjected to, therefore I don't want to believe it one. Not because I believe that God it would be unloving, especially because I don't think that it's God sending them to hell. That would only be true if the Calvinist God is real, aka predestined, you know, that we're all predestined. Because then, yes, God is absolutely sending those people to hell. I don't care how many Calvinists tell me that God is not the one doing it. 
Yes, he is. I'm sorry. When you get to the bottom of Calvinism, you cannot escape that fact. You are trying to... You, you, like, the, the, the only logical conclusion, the only way Calvinism makes any sense is if, if it's God sending people to heaven, some people to heaven, a minority to heaven, and a majority to hell. I don't believe in that. I strongly believe in free will. Um, radical free will. I believe that we had the choice, and it is our actions that determine um, whether we end in heaven or hell. Uh, depending on, that is, when I say actions, I mean, do we accept Jesus as our Savior and work to, um, you know, uh, you know, basically, you know, and work to sanctify um, or justify, or is it justify? I, okay, wait, sanctification, sanctification is the act of getting saved, and justification is, um, um, like showing the fruits of your salvation. Isn't that correct? I don't know. It's been so long since I've heard those terms. Uh, but yeah, anyway, you know, and the actions after being saved, like, I don't believe you can work your way to heaven, but if you reject Jesus and move forward to a, you know, you know, and continue down a path, it's not God, I mean, like, I think that it's unloving to allow him into heaven, to be honest. Um, like, why should you be allowed to heaven when you did, when your entire life, you rejected God and lived the exact opposite of how he told you? You know, like, how he, you know, like, why would you reward him? That makes literally no sense. That's not loving. You know, imagine, you know, if you just disobeyed your parents frequently and all they did was just reward you for disobeying them. That's not a loving parent. You know, so that's my, one of my major problems with people who don't believe in a hell. Is that they, 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 there's no, I've not heard a satisfactory answer for that question. Um, so yeah, this is one of the first disagreements I have with Jennifer. Um... Continuing on, strange isn't the right word. I find it abjectly abusive and mentally damaging to tell children that, they're, that they themselves are all inherently bad, and that actions that don't hurt others, i.e. homosexuality, gender identity expression, thought crimes, can still lead to an eternity in flames. My family, while conservative, was still not as fundamentalist to save the Duggars, and encouraged theological discussions about things like this, but the idea still caused me great anxiety and depression. I was a horrible person. I was evil. I deserved to die. I wasn't a good enough Christian. If I did or thought XYZ, I was in danger of hell, etc. There was little room for interpretation and not much focus on the message of Christ outside of atonement. <clears throat> okay, this is another, I completely disagree with her. And to be honest, I, this is something I hear so often from people who reject the notion of hell that I just find interesting that like they find the idea that them being a horrible person who deserves hell to be damaging. Like, I don't know. Like I find that empowering in many ways. Like, like for me that just makes, 
the sacrifice and the, you know, Jesus that much greater. Like, I find that, you know, like, if I am saved, which I, you know, do probably believe that I am, like, that just makes it all greater. Like, if I am this run of a human being who cannot save myself and, and apparently wicked, like, that takes a lot of almost pressure off of me because then that means I can't save myself. Because then that means only God, only Jesus can do so. And I do believe that he did. And so I can just rest in his arms, in his strength that, that you know, that I have been delivered from that. I find that extremely empowering. And to be honest, I find that the notion that you aren't inherently evil to take away from that completely, you know, like, if, if we're not inherently evil, you know, that who, you know, and you're in the danger of hell, then what is the point of the sacrifice? What is the point of Jesus? I, like, I just never, I just don't, I cannot come up with a answer that's satisfactory for that, you know? For me, I find that the notion that I am deserving of hell, that I am this wicked human, that my nature is beyond wicked, and yet Jesus chose, you know, he allowed, like, he chose to save me from this, you know, because, like, you know, I, once again, I don't believe in predestination, I believe in free will, but, like, Jesus, you know, you can't save yourself. Jesus still has to choose, you know, you know, still had to choose to die. He still has to, you know, he could easily just say at any time, you know what, I don't think I want you to be saved, you know, like, he's God, he could do that if he wanted, you know, he's all powerful, and yet he said, Hey, welcome to my arms, child. You know, they made that very clear in the Gospels. You know, his arms are wide open. He wants us to come to him, you know. And the fact that he is so willing, that he was willing to die on the cross, you know, and suffer through hell. I do literally believe that he suffered in actual hell uh, for three days, you know. Um, you know, and that he would, you know, choose me despite knowing how wicked I am and say, hey, come to me. I am going to welcome you to my kingdom. I am going, you know, to sanctify you. Um, I find that beyond empowering because it means I don't have to do anything, you know, to save myself. I don't have to do anything to rid of his wicked nature. All I have to do is trust in him, trust that he isn't going to let go. And all I need, you know, that's all that's needed for me is to serve him, is to follow his words, you know. Read, you know, ask him, what is it you want me to do today? Read the Bible, you know, try, you know, and live as much like him as humanly possible. Which means still falling, full, you know, far short of that. You know, completely, you know. Um, I mean, the gospel makes it pretty clear, you know. Your, your, you know, your actions are but fucking rags compared to, you know you know, God and Jesus and what they do, you know, but 
he still views that as something beautiful to him that we would even try to in our brokenness, you know, you know, I'm still going to, you know, him knowing, you know, knowing that he loves me despite how much I fuck up, you know, all that's asked is to trust in him, to live like, as much like him as I can, to ask him, how can I serve you today? I find that beyond empowering. I don't, I like, I like, I genuinely am amazed. Um, I just genuinely do not understand where on, just how, like, is it, like, like, for me it's just amazing, like, hard to, I just cannot imagine finding, um, the, the, the thought of possibly burning, um, you know, the thought of hell, or, you know, that if you do visit that, so you're gonna burn in hell to be depressing. I like, I really don't find that depressing at all. Like I like it's something I just don't understand at all. I hear it all the time, so apparently it has to be a thing. I just cannot understand it one bit. Um, now I do agree that those who say that actions that don't hurt others um, are sins. I do agree that that's bullshit. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where that's a thing. That is so beyond extra-biblical, you know? That the idea that, um, that so if you do something that doesn't harm anyone else, you know? Um, and let's be honest, doesn't even harm you. Like, homosexuality, it doesn't harm you. If, you, if you're having, you know, if you're gay... This doesn't harm you at all. I'm sorry, despite what evangelicals like. And it certainly doesn't harm others. Um, I just find that whole notion that if something that is that things that don't harm others can be bad just because they because they find it icky, that's bullshit. That is like there's literally nothing in the Bible that can lead you to that idea. I've never heard any actual biblical defense of that. <laughs> Um, let's see. Continuing on. Today's ex-evangelicals, at least the ones who still believe, have by and large rejected a belief in hell as necessary requirement for Christianity, and many of us rejected the modern take, quite modern, even by conservative theological standards, of atonement theology as well. I have, I, I have no idea what atonement theology is, to be honest, so I'm not even going to comment. It's not to say that Christ's death was meaningless, for it wasn't. All life lost to those in power is tragedy, and his example is still, was still one we can learn from. To be honest, I completely disagree. I do believe that if there is no, you know, eternal punishment, um, if there is no hell, if God is not saving you from um, sin, then there is no um, point to Jesus' death. Um, so I completely disagree with her there. Um, that, okay, but continuing on, this also isn't to say that all humans are good either. In fact, many humans do evil deeds. You can't look around at the, uh, the way our country engages in planet-destructing behavior, the way people hoard wealth or defend those that do, the way we build up walls for ourselves as individuals and see the only meaningful people as those who are related to us, and sometimes not even then. <laughs> And come to the conclusion that all humans are good. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, 
Full agreement there. Full fucking agreement. Um. Yeah, definitely. Mm hmm. Like, I mean, seriously, how can you fucking destroy the planet and then sit here and be a fucking big oily? Like, how can we sit here, watch big oil fucking destroy the planet, you know, with her fucking fossil fuels, you know, and then sit there and just like, yay, keep doing that, keep destroying the earth, keep making sure it's completely uninhabitable for future generations. Keep, keep, keep working for the destruction of the human race, you know? Keep making sure that there will be no life on Earth in the future. Yay! How does anyone find this acceptable? How? How do we sit here? And it's like, yeah, you know, that's fine to do so. And it's also fine to defend those oil companies. Like, how does anyone find this even remotely acceptable? This is, like, you know... Like, even if it's, you know, like, even if it's just wasn't sending us hurtling into fucking climate change, you know, let's pretend it wasn't, you know, um, still, like, oh my gosh. In Genesis, what did God tell Adam and Eve? Take care of the earth. It's our job. As humans, God put us on this earth to take care of it, to be good stewards of it. No matter how you look at it, creating fucking, you know, fracking, and creating fucking fossil fuels, having, you know, these fucking offshore oil rigs, you know, like, none of this is to being a good steward of the earth. None of this is. As Christians, even if you believe in, even if you don't believe in climate change, and I did not for the longest time, you know, I didn't believe in it until I was probably, what, maybe 21, 22, so about, you know, maybe a year ago. Um, do you know what's the thing? Like, I still was against fossil fuels even longer than that. Like, I, w I had already, even before I started, you know, accepting that climate change was a real thing, I still was against fossil fuels just because... I have makes it clear. We are to be good stewards of the earth, and no matter how you look at it, fossil fuel industry, big oil, is not good or good being good stewards of the earth. This is destructive. <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, like you Christians should be the number one people against it, just because this is not being a good steward of God's earth. Once again. Don't need to believe that, you know, you don't need to accept that climate change is real. Just try to be a good steward of God's earth. And fucking fossil fuels are not. Anyway, um, continuing on. They're not. We are driven by greed and selfishness. And yet today's Christians are treat even for own concepts of salvation as being reduced down to fucking the right people at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's, um, mm hmm. You know, it's okay if you destroy the earth. It's okay if you're, you know, this most selfish motherfucker on planet earth. It's perfectly fine if you Profit off of, you know, wars, you know. 
All that matters is you fuck the right person the, the right way, you know. It's, it's, it only matters as long as you fuck, you know, somebody of the opposite sex, um, you know, you know, uh, what, what would the term be? Um, I, I don't know the term, but, you know, like, genital to genital, you know, vagina, penis, you know, that way. I don't, what, what, what is that called? There's an actual term for it. Um, is it, like, anal or something? I don't remember. Uh, like, I know there's, like, like, like I know there's, like, oral sex and like that. I don't remember the name for, you know, genital to genital, but you, you get what I'm saying. I, I, I can't remember, you know, doing it that way, you know, and only, you know, um, you know, and only at certain times, you know, um, basically when, you know, your husband demands it, you know, as long as you do that, you know, you have sex the right way, then you're good. You can profit off a war all you want. You can, you know, you can destroy the environment all you want. You can hoard as much money as you want and never share it with anyone. You know, you can criminalize homelessness as much as you want, despite the Bible making it very fucking clear that, you know, uh, being good to homeless people is like one of the most important fucking things that you can do. Um, as long as you have, you know, do, do sex right. That's all, that's, you know, much more important. Um, along with other twisted concepts that ultimately encourage sexism, homophobia, transphobia, and racism, while all other sins that actually harm the planet and our fellow humans are forgivable. Exactly. You can criminalize homelessness as much as you want, you know, um, you can continue to perpetuate the drug war, you know, um, that's fine, you know. As long as, you know, you don't love the wrong person. That's what matters in the end. Not loving the wrong person. Um, I'm pretty certain that's in the Bible. Uh, you know, Hezekiah 3.16, I believe it's right there. Um, I think the verse goes on like, Thou shalt not loveth um, one of the same sex. Thou shalt not identify as one of the opposite sex. Though, uh, though, um, big oil, though, big oil, uh, you know, though, wanting to, um, you know, to, to lynch someone with a different skin color, that's perfectly a-okay. For saith the Lord. You know, I'm pretty certain it's in there. It's Hezekiah 316, totally certain it's in there. Um, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty certain it's in there. Um, and I think I got that verse right. Yeah, Definitely. Um, I think that's how it goes. Continuing mm -hmm. on. Meh. I watched myself lose instant credibility as a Christian once I came out as polyamorous, even to other quote-unquote progressive Christians. Um, it's, it's still a trap mindset of a Christianity that hinders us, rather than liberates us. Even sometimes from churches who claim, All people are welcome! But then again, not really. <laughs> okay, any church that says all people are welcome. Okay, if a church says that, I guarantee you that's not the case. Okay, I promise you it's not the case. Um, 
Never went to one, I've never been to a single one, whether it's progressive or conservative, that actually says that, who says that, that actually does that. I've never been to a single one that actually carries that out when they say that. Continuing on. I could be a billionaire dumping chemicals into drinking water, and as long as I was monogamous, I doubt my Christianity would be challenged as much as it has been. Oh no, she, you're, you're, Jennifer here, aka the Dirtbag Christian, is completely fucking correct. The problem everyone has with her is that she's polyamorous, you know. Um, she could be, you know, literally, you know, uh, be, be the fucking CEO of Lockheed Martin. Um, and no one would give a shit um, as long as she was monogamous, you know. No one would question her, her Christianity for literally profiting off of war, you know. Uh, and trying to, therefore, trying to lobby to create war. No one would have a problem with that. What they, um, um, you know, as long as she was monogamous, you know, but if she were polyamorous, then that's the problem everyone would have with her. Not that she was profiting off of war. She's fucking correct on that. Just 100 fucking correct percent correct. It's honestly bullshit how we treat polyamory and polyamorous people. Like, oh no, how horrible of them wanting, you know, uh, you know, wanting several partners. Just the horrors of it all. Uh, society is truly collapsing. Because it's different from me. It's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. Continuing on. Because of this kind of hypocrisy, a lot of evangelicals also struggle with this kind of forgiveness. Um, with the, I, sorry, a lot of evangelicals also struggle with the idea of forgiveness. In atonement theology, Jesus forgave us whether we asked him to or not. Because after all, we are evil, even as children without full grasp of our bodies and our minds yet. And we are told in turn to forgive others, no matter what, because, after all, isn't that what Jesus would do? Jesus forgave sinners. Jesus gave people a second chance. In some denominations, a chance has a literal second life. And that the same is expected of us. Some Christians believe you yourself will go to hell if you have not forgiven people. Yeah, I, I actually do believe that. Uh, uh, if you can't forgive, uh, you, you probably... That's going to be saved. Um, I think that's pretty clear from his own parables. Um, that's what's continuing on. Uh, people who've been mentally, physically, sexually, emotionally, and spiritually abused are often told to forgive for abusers, oftentimes family members who others insist should still be part of their lives, which is extraordinarily traumatizing. Jesus then placed over our heads as a dangling carrot, the reason why we should subject ourselves to people who may hurt us again, whether there's been sincere apologies and a personal growth or not. Yeah, okay. The, the, the notion that forgiveness requires having that person be a part of your life is fucking bullshit. I never understood that. I never understood the people who believe that Give someone they, you have to accept the abuser back in your life. I never understood that. Like, where do you get that? Like, you can forgive without having that person a part of your life. Like, they're not mutually exclusive. Uh, the whole notion that you have to accept an abuser back in your life is fucking dog shit. It's fucking bullshit. There's no reality to it. 
anyone who tells you otherwise, just for for fucking wrong. I'm sorry, we're fucking wrong in every fucking way. Um, you can forgive someone without having them become a part of your life again. Um, you know, not saying it's going to be easy. You know, forgiving especially abusers is not easy. Believe me, I've been struggling with that. You know, it's something I struggle with as well, but I'm on the path to doing it, you know. Um, you know, but doesn't mean I'm going to allow all these abusers back into my life, you know. I did let my parents back into my life, and to be honest, that was probably a mistake, to be honest. But, you know, there's many other abusers who I'm not going to be back in their lives. There are people, many, who I am cutting out forever, you know. I have either forgiven them or I'm working on forgiving them. But I'm not letting them back in my life. Because you can forgive without opening yourself up to abuse again. Anyway, continuing on. Those of us who have been through therapy just know just how much a person's presence or offhand comment can hurt. Or how some people refuse to change, no matter if we forgive him or not. Okay, but here's the thing. I also think that... You don't have to necessarily forgive that person to their face. Like... like I don't... Like, I also think that the bullshit, the notion that you have to sit there and talk with the person and tell them to their face, I forgive you. Is also bullshit. Like, yeah, in a lot of situations that can be helpful. Some situations it may be needed. But I don't think that always has to be the case. I think there are a lot of situations where it's just better to just, you know, deal with that internally. Learn to internally forgive them. And not put yourself, you know, in the crosshairs again. Um, you know. This is at least my uh, thoughts on that. And yeah, a lot of people are going, never going to change, you know, no matter how much you forgive them. I saw that with my dad, you know. I learned that hard way with my, with my dad, you know, especially. Um, just an abusive fucking asshole. And there were several times throughout my life where um, I would forgive him for the abuse he laid down upon me. Um, and guess what? He never changed. In fact, he always got worse. So believe me, I know. And you know what? I'm at the point where... I am not verbally going to forgive him unless I see an actual change, which is never going to happen. I want to make that clear. But, you know, in ter but, you know, in my heart, I am forgiving him for what he has been, what he has done. I'm not going to tell him that verbally ever again. Because I know that he's never going to change. What's the point? A verbal um, forgiveness, you know, it's only going to matter, really, if there's going to be a verbal change, if, you know, there's an actual change in verb behavior, um, or, you know, if it's something that truly, like, sets it to rest with you, but I think that's pretty rare, I think it's mostly, if it, you, there's an actual change in that other person. Forgiveness in the heart, I think, is far more viable when it comes to abusers. Um, just like with my, me and my dad. 
I've, I, you know, I am working on forgiving him in my heart. I've not completely forgiven him over everything, you know. Um, I'm still working for that. But I'm never going to say that to him and uh, verbally ever again just because he's never going to fucking change. I've accepted that, you know. And I'm saying that's one of the hardest things is learning to accept when somebody's not going to change. And learning to just deal with that. Because unfortunately, what else can you do? Sit there, try to change them forever. You know, sit there, beat yourself up over. Like, you know, some way you've got to move on and just accept it. Set things for the way they are, unfortunately. Shouldn't have to. But it is the world we live in. And we have to live by for rules of this world, unfortunately. Continuing on, um... Let's see. Um, or how some people refuse to change, no matter if we forgive them or not. Asking So asking us to be around them is truly asking us to relive some of our worst experiences. And for what? Damage your psyches for what? For forgiveness? And if someone hurt my children or took the lives of my loved ones, I should just get over it because Jesus wants me to do it? That's an incredibly fucked up concept for lots of us, and I can see why. Uh, hmm. I don't think you necessarily have to get over that the person did that. I think that you can. I don't think, I think it's not necessarily, it's just not holding it against them. That is like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I guess basically. Not holding a grudge against them or like, you know, like not allowing, you know, not letting hatred in towards them is the way I'd put it. You know, like, yeah, there's some things you should never get, quote unquote, get over. Like, if you were raped... That's like, I'm struggling to think of anything more violating than that. Like, is there anything more violating than rape? I, there is, I can't think of what it is. You know, it's incredibly fucking violating and like, yeah, just get over it. Like, what? What the fuck? No, like, we shouldn't just get over the fact that that person did it, you know, like, they should avoid that person, you know? They should not trust that person. Like, probably ever again, let's be honest. I think there's there's a difference between that and having hatred in your heart against that person. I think that's really the way to put it is there's a difference between staying away from that person, being wary of that person, you know, never trusting them again, and holding hatred in your heart. Because you shouldn't hate someone. For what they've done to you. I'm sorry. That's bullshit. It, it, like, the, the, hatred is not... It's a natural emotion, but it's not one that is healthy. Especially, you know, like, it's, it's not. It's something that... It, it, it's destructive. I don't know any other way to put it, but it's destructive. 
You can never trust. You can keep your distance. You can, you know, whatever, how hating. You know? Yeah, you know what? I'm probably never going to get over the fact that my parents sent me to conversion therapy. I am never going to get over just the abuse they laid upon me and my sisters. Because they did those things. And you know what? They've shown no. Um, they've never shown that they're willing to change who they are, you know, and change their actions, you know? They've never changed. They only get worse. So yeah, I'm not going to get over that. And so therefore, I don't trust them. You know? Um, I unfortunately don't keep my distance like I should because I was stupid enough to let them back into my life. Um, but you know, I don't trust them. I keep him at kind of an arm's length as much as possible. You know? I don't fucking trust them. I don't, but you know, I don't hate them for that anymore. There was a time when I did. Believe me, I hated them. Like, I literally hated them to the point where I almost tried to kill them. Like, I literally almost killed my dad because of how much hatred was in my heart at one point. You know what? I don't hate them anymore. I don't. Doesn't mean I trust them. <laughs> Fuck no. You know what? I'm not going to allow myself to get over the abuse, but you can do that without holding a grudge, without hating them for the rest of your life. Don't. I, but. Yeah, I don't trust them. I do keep an arm's length away. You know? I'm not letting them into, you know, I'm keeping them out of my life as much as possible. That is. Fucking healthy. A lot more fucking healthy than hatred, because believe me, I lived in hatred for years. Once again, I almost killed people over the hatred I had. Nothing good comes from that. I can honestly say that the hatred I experienced probably destroyed me more than just about anything in my life. And that's why I don't believe that hatred is ever an okay emotion. Um, it is something you need to purge from yourself as quick as possible. You know that you need to work on. Because I remember the depths it took me to. You know, and to be honest... It made me hate myself more than I already did. Because hatred isn't just aimed at, never just aimed at the other person. A lot of it is also aimed at you. That's something that nobody ever talks about is a lot of that hatred is aimed at yourself as well. You're not just aiming it at the other person. Much of it is aimed inward.
So I'm not saying just get over it. Like, no, I don't think whatever happened, you should get over it. I mean, that's a bullshit concept. Especially because, like, how could you anyway? Like, seriously, how does anyone get over something traumatically? You can't. The most you could ever do is just accept it and not live in that moment. It's literally the most you could ever do is just not live in that moment mentally or emotionally anymore. That's the most ever that could be done. Nobody ever gets over it. Like, it changes you fundamentally as a person. The whole notion of just getting over it is just... It's so fucking destructive, just so evil and wrong. So many ways. Um, but continuing on. I could go into the history of why forgiveness is an important concept for Jesus. His desire to, to unite his oppressed people against the oppressive Roman Empire. Um, and the petty squabbles that got, uh, got in the way of the unification. For personal freedom and the painful thoughts that consume us. Or because the hypocritical religious leaders use people's sins as a way to exclude them from the community at large. And isolation was um, almost certainly a death sentence. And Jesus was against this. What I can't tell you, what I, here's what I can tell you from a very pathos, emotional, and personal point of view, however. Forgiveness does heal. It does. There are people in my life who have hurt me very much, but seething in anger never helped me. My life would not be better if those who have harmed me were dead or hurt, and I do not wish it. I wish the opposite. I wish for joy and goodness and light to be poured into their lives, which sounds very woo, but is very true. I don't even necessarily wish for them to realize they were wrong and ask me for my forgiveness. But damage is already done, and none of this can change the past anyway. Why linger in it? Yeah. I mean, it's exactly, you know, I'm not quite exactly all the way there yet. Like, it's hard for me to really wish goodness upon the people who have harmed me. It's something I've been working on, you know, I have prayed at times, you know, for God to... Bless my, you know, certain abusers, you know, of mine greatly, you know. Bless them greatly, Lord. Make me, you know, make Lalvin to prosper. You know, I have prayed that times. But it's not so inconsistent. It's not a consistent mindset for me. Not at all. Something I still very much working on. But you know what? Over the years, the closer I inch towards wishing good upon them, you know, learning to truly forgive, but more I found myself healing and accepting what happened. Not getting over it. You know, once again, this abuse, you know, violating events, abuse, killings, like, it changes you. You know, getting over would be, you know, things returning to the way they were. That's never going to happen, nor should it. You know, but learning to accept it. Um... You know, set that this is what happened. This is how I this is what how it changed me. And you know what? I'm going to choose to allow it to change me for the better. You know, learning to 
accept a good change, you know, work for a change for the better, rather than the worse, is, you know, the most, you know, is the, you know, is the most thing best we can do. Um, and believe me, it will take a long time, especially depending on how traumatic, how horrible the event was. It will take time, and this is not going to be an overnight thing. This is probably going to be something, like, it took me, god damn, probably, like, it took me a long time to learn to accept my parents' abuse. It did. I cannot tell you, you know, because my memory is so fucking off, I couldn't tell you how long, but it, it took me a long time to accept that and to work to make a better life out of that, you know, to use my experiences being abused, you know, my experiences in conversion therapy and other things that, to be honest, I really don't want to talk about, um, you know, my, you know, my bloodlust, you know, my almost killing people, my almost killing my dad, to use that to try to be a better person, you know, to create a better light, you know, to, to, to help others. That took a very long time. That was not an overnight thing. You know? And, you know, I'm still not there yet where I'm consistently, you know, anywhere close to consistently wishing hard, you know, goodness upon my abusers. I, I, I'm far from it. But the more I do do it, the more I find myself healing. So I completely agree with Jennifer in every way on, on this. But continuing on with the article, and it's twofold. I myself have hurt people and will continue to do so. I am not perfect, and as someone who has been in therapy for a lot of my life, I am acutely aware of that. I can only try to be better. I can't be good all the time. I will never succeed at it. And dwelling in my failure will only lead to my inability to progress as a person, as a human being. I try to make amends, but sometimes the situation isn't black and white. Or the hurt is too great and they must move on. I do not demand for forgiveness or for presence in my life. In fact, I prefer for absence to for lifelong resentment. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's the other thing is you have to accept that you've hurt people as well. Um... You know, I think of a lot of people I personally have hurt, you know. Years ago, there was this one guy who I cyberbullied, you know. I cyberbullied him to the point that he almost killed himself because of me. And I cyberbullied him in the name of Christ. I did it as a Christian, you know. I bullied him because he was an atheist and I was very much in my... Yeah, you know, I... So believe me. I'm capable of great evil myself. And you know what? I would never, ever, if I were to ever meet this person in real life, which will not, probably never happen, thankfully, I would never consider asking this person for forgiveness. Like, who would I be to do that? Literally, that would be bullshit of me. In fact, to be honest, I'd hope that person would get a fucking restraining order on me. And you know what? I had not accepted, you know. Um, and you know what? I am still working on my failure. I am still accepting, le learning to accept my failure. Because 
know what? That was a fucking failure. I was, you know, that was a major failure of mine. There was no excuse for it. And you know what? I'm not completely accepted that that's something that I did. Something I need to work on. Not let it be something that haunts me at night. You know, one of my greatest nightmares. Something that just eats away at me. You know, I'm slowly getting better, but it's something I still need to work on a lot. And I said that, you know what, in the future, you know, and there's other people I have hurt. People whose boundaries I did not respect because, frankly, I didn't even understand the concept of boundaries at the time. You know, I was just starting to, to actually talk to other people, break out of my parents' bubble, and I literally had no concept of boundaries. And I hurt people greatly because of that. And I try to make things worse by trying to force myself back in their lives. You know what? There's going to be a lot more people that I do hurt. The most you can do from it is learn from it. Learn what you did. Except that you, did, that you fucked up. Learn to let, you know, learn what not to do in the future. Try to move on. And, you know, and not do that again, really. A lot easier said than done, believe me, I know. But it's what we have to do if we want to grow as people and grow. Continuing on. And yes, there are people I keep my space from. I have not been subjected to big A abuse or big T trauma in my life as others have been. So I only speak for myself here. There are people I know who believe things I find evil, who engage in politics I find reprehensible, and who say hurtful things to me and cannot be bothered to stop. Yeah, my parents. <laughs> That's me, Anna, saying that, by the way. Not Jennifer. That's me. My parents are absolutely fucking that way. Um, continuing on. Um, I choose not to be around those people, but from afar I try to understand. I try to empathize. I try to forgive. Forgiveness isn't a one-and-done act, as it was taught to me as an evangelical Christian. Jesus died once. Saved us once. All we have to do is ask once and we're forgiven. Forgiveness for me is a constant daily act. And I continue in therapy. As present situations remind me of past ones. As old feelings bubble to the surface out of nowhere and shock me with her power. I fight against it so I can continue to have a joyful and peaceful life without the negative things weighing me down. As someone with multiple mental illnesses, including depression, this is difficult, but it is vital for me to do this. I cannot reside in a place of sadness and anger for people who have hurt me. And no, nothing positive comes out of my misery. I tried that already. Yeah. For me, forgiveness has become everything. It has allowed me to love people who have hurt me, but are still good people. My partners, my parents, my family, my friends. It has allowed me to have long-standing relationships with people who forgive me of my flaws and sins in return. And most of all, it has allowed me to forgive myself. One thing that has always been out of reach for me 
um, the way that simply praying, Dear Jesus, I ask for forgiveness for my sins. Amen, wasn't. If the great majority of Christian theologians are to be believed, God's forgiveness is easy to get. People's forgiveness can be too. It's self-forgiveness that is nearly impossible to reach. It's self-forgiveness that has healed me. I also believe on the other side of forgiveness and redemption. I'm a very left person, a very progressive person, but you might be surprised to hear that by and large, I dislike cancel culture, especially when, pe when it applied to people who aren't politicians or wealthy celebrities. I don't think that people are the sum of their worst moments, and as, mo and, as former, and as a former conservative and constantly evolving human, I think people can change their minds and behavior if they are willing. I've experienced this on so many levels from myself and from others, it is impossible for me not to believe it. I'm a cynic on a lot of things, but sometimes I still have faith in people. Okay, I'm going to disagree here. I don't believe that cancel culture is a real thing. It's nothing more than a right-wing talking point that, unfortunately, even many on the left have started taking up as well. Um, all quote-unquote cancel culture is, is repercussions for your stupid actions. Um, cancel culture is not real. For the love of God, can we stop, st stop you know, uh, pretending that the rights is correct on this? Because we're not. Cancel culture is a fucking bullshit concept. Um, but yet, but yet, no matter what, you know, um, you shouldn't target non-celebrities, you know, non-powerful people. We should only target the powerful. Don't go after your fellow normies. Like, like don't sit there and try to ruin them, um, you know, in whatever way. Um, yeah. Just go after, you know, put your energy on those who have power. Not your next door neighbor. But continuing on, that doesn't mean I'm against accountability. Yes, fire the racist. Yes, that person should lose fat for Netflix special. Yes, that family member should no longer have access to people's children. Yes, you don't have to speak to anybody who caused you great amounts of pain. And while I have a massive problem with the industrial prison complex and penal punishment in general, yes, there are genuinely some people who should be kept away from the rest of society in one way or another if all else has failed. Mm-hmm. But are all human beings worthy of love? As a Christian, I think so. And if that is the case, perhaps they are worthy of real, accountable, actual redemption. And maybe we can learn to forgive ourselves, or if we choose others who have fired us. The past is no place to dwell. It informs us of our presence, but it doesn't have to determine how much joy we are allowed to have in the future. Maybe it's controversial, but I think there's still a place for forgiveness and redemption in our lives. If that's something I've learned from the message, Jesus is a good one. Thank God. I think. Anyway, I just wanted to share that. I think that is something that's very important, especially if you are a Christian who's listening to this. Um, this I mean, it's what the entire gospel message is about. It's about forgiveness and love. And you can't love without forgiveness. Um... I think that it's a fundamental, uh, fundamental to the whole gospel message, forgiveness. And I think it's very easy to forget, especially when you do 
become a progressive who is a Christian or a progressive Christian. I think we all need, you know, no matter what, I think we always need the reminder. Heck, I could use the reminder a whole lot more. Anyway, that's really everything I've got for today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Peace.